Hello, everybody. This is Danny, and I'm here with a comedian that I just adore. His name is Mike Egan. His name is E-A-G-A-N. Um, let me tell the listeners a little bit about you, Mike. Um, this is from your website. He has performed at many of the nation's top comedy clubs, one of the most influential and sought-after headliners in the country. Um, personally, I, Mike... First of all, hello, Mike. How are you? I'm fine, Danny. Thank you. I'm very, very happy that you said yes to doing this. I got to see you. I think I've seen you four times in my oh, life. Really? Huh. Yeah. Mostly, I live in Princeton, so I go to the Catch a huh. Rising Star. Um, and I got to tell you, uh, I'm always amazed, first of all, by not, not just how funny you are, but uh, you have such a relaxed... Uh, and razor sharp timing ability. I think it's very rare that you, uh, a performer makes the audience feel at ease and then can make them laugh really hard. Oh, thank you. I I wonder, did you um, do you have to work really hard at sort of being relaxed like that? Did that come easy to you? Um, the older I get, the more relaxed I get. And uh, one thing you learn is is patience. I was never the kind of comic that would run back and forth in the stage and get in people's faces. Uh, but I used to work quicker. But now, as I get older, I, I have the patience to wait for the audience to get the joke if they want to. And if they don't, I just move on. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it's a very rare ability to just... You seem very comfortable up there, and that makes me feel comfortable just watching you, which is pretty nice. Well, the thing is, some comics can't stand the silence. If they throw out a joke and they don't get the response, they'll cover it up with, well, uh, or they'll say something to fill that, that emptiness. I throw out a line, and if it doesn't get the response, I, I don't panic. That's all. I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I'll just move on to the next thing. That's all. Let the audience catch up to me. Yeah. How many years? I think you started around the late 70s and the early 80s. Is that right? Right, yeah. Early 80s. Uh-huh. Started out in Philadelphia, and then I uh, went up to New York in uh, January of 81. So did you start being a, a comedian, or I think you were in radio for a while as well, right? Right. I started out, well, in the military. I started out, I was in uh, uh, the military for about eight years. The first four years, I was with something called the Army Security Agency, which is the military branch of the National Security Agency. Used to have a hand... Uh, a, Briefcase, handcuffs on my wrist. I would travel with top secret documents to the. It was kind of neat. Anyway, I uh, realized that the army had what they call a broadcast specialist, and I uh, took a voice test for that. And they said if I wanted to sh uh, to be a disc jockey in the army, I would have to reenlist. Uh, so I did for another four years, and uh, I, I did uh, Good Morning Munich. I was a morning disc jockey in Germany, and uh, from there, when I got out, I I worked in. WPEN in Philadelphia, and uh, kind of drifted into stand-up in Philly, and eventually I quit my radio job uh, and just went full-time to comedy, and then from Philly I went to New York. And I stayed there for about 25 years and, what, three marriages, I guess. And, uh, well, well yeah. the key is, you, you know, you get married, and they say after a while, are you going to do comedy every weekend? And I say, this is what I do. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I moved back here about 15, 16 years ago, and I met my partner Karen, who's behind me. And hi, Karen. She, hi, hi, Karen. Hi. You know, she's Karen, also in the. Yeah, yeah she's in the I, business I, too. I know. I I thought she was just a friend helping you, but now I realize that Karen, you're a comedian yourself, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. She is, she's I a, became right. a comedian because Mike shoved me on stage. Is that right? I didn't actually shove her. Oh, I, he didn't shove me. I pushed her. I pushed yes, her. he gently pushed me and said, tell the duck joke. So yes. uh, it's that... a visual. It's a visual joke. But, um, you know. Um, and, really? Uh, so wait a minute. So you never wanted to do comedy before that? You really, you really kind of fell into it because Mike encouraged you? Yes. Definitely. Well, she has, she's being modest. She was in plays in college and she was used to being on stage. So the first time she went up to do comedy, she was a natural on stage, wasn't nervous. And uh, so that was half the battle is being comfortable up there. She had that already done. So all I had to do is help her write some material, basically. You didn't help yeah. me write any material. I didn't? No, you just, he said, write five minutes and whatever uh, he thought sucked, he said, that sucks, take it out. Yeah. That sucks, take it out. So, uh -huh. <laughs> but the way we live, it's almost like funny every day. Well, that I duck bet. joke, that duck joke filled the bill. Uh, 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 so it was, uh, the, okay, yeah, it's a visual <laughs> joke. I, I actually looked a little bit, uh, Karen, I actually saw a little bit of your stand-up on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. By the way, I'm, this is Karen Faye, F-A-Y-E, and uh, very funny, Karen. I mean, I I didn't expect you to be that funny, but you're really you you really are very funny. Thank um, you very much. Um, so now now is it hard to be together because you're are you competing for punchlines every day? No, no, absolutely no. not. No. no, but it is hard to be together. <laughs> but that's nothing to do with that's nothing to do with comedy. Well, well, you nothing, no, no, he's he's the headliner. I have no interest in being a headliner. Um, I'm happy being either a host or a feature. Um, and the only time I was ever a headliner, remember that? Remember that? I didn't let him forget that, but they made me the headliner and they made him the feature for a VFW. And um and I never let him forget that. Okay. We also we do uh these uh 55 plus um Homes, you know, they have in, in their rec area, they'll, we do those. And in those, uh, she's better off closing because, I mean, she can talk to a statue. So yeah. uh, she communicates much better with the people than I do. I go out and tell the jokes and some get it, some don't. But she's right there and communicates. That's why she's so effective normally as the MC or the, the first one to go up because she breaks the ice much better than, than I do. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I was going to bring that up, Mike, because I don't know you well, but I feel like you're probably kind of an introvert. Is that yes. right? More so, so than extroverted, yes. Well, yeah, it's, you're an introvert that becomes an extrovert on stage, which I find very interesting. I mean, I do acting myself, and I'm sort of in the same kind of, I mean, I don't have trouble talking to people, but were you kind of a shy person growing up? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was. But how did oh, yeah. you? Okay, well, I'm curious. How did you make? But you were you were a funny shy kid, right? Um, I I don't know. Yeah, you became the comedian. I became a comedian through, through. I did comedy on the radio. I worked in Philly at the WPEN before it went all talk when it was an oldie station back in uh, the late '70s. 
Uh, and uh, I did comedy bits there. And then one day I just drifted into stand-up. They had an open mic and I had a few jokes and I wrote them down. And from there, I you know, okay. just started to do it more and more. That's all. Right. But you, did you feel, do you remember the moment when you said to yourself, I'm really going to become a comedian. I'm really going to do this. Um, I can't say what the actual moment was, but I guess when I quit radio and uh, went into, it just kind of fell into it, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I liked the lifestyle at the time. I, I was in my late, well, I was 29 when I first started because I was in the military for so long. Uh, but I, I like the freedom. I like not having a boss. I like to make my own hours. And so yeah. that was that was it. Yeah. Around 1979, I guess. Yeah, I just find it so interesting when somebody is sort of shy and an introvert, but then they go on stage and they're comfortable. I imagine right. that does, that's almost like a split personality there, isn't it? Oh, I'm much more comfortable talking to a large group of people than I am one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Much, much easier, yeah. Yeah, so just, just pretend that I'm a lot of people right now. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, luckily, Karen is uh, uh, has, has a multiple personality disorder. <laughs> that's great. So, you know... One day she's uh, uh, she's a ballerina one day, and the next day she's you know a truck driver. So it keeps me on my toes. All right. Well, this this leads me to. I mean, I, I'm going to get off script here because I have to know how did you, so did you meet through comedy? Did you see her? Of course, uh, no, we didn't. No, no. Uh, we were both uh, I guess cost conscious, and we met on Plenty of Fish, oh, the oh. dating site. It was free. That's why I went on it. And uh, she, I just happened to see her picture, and uh, she was holding a little a kid, and uh, it was her grandson. It turned out, and I sent a picture back to her of me holding my granddaughter, and we kind of met that way. So, do do, and, do you realize do you realize that Plenty of Fish is probably the worst of all the dating sites? Really? <laughs> well, I I listen. I'm on Match. I'm on J Date. I'm on J Swipe. I'm on uh, Hinge. I'm on any possible, and I don't get anywhere because I live in Princeton, New Jersey, which is the worst uh, area for dating in the world. Um, but Plenty of Fish is known as sort of the bargain basement Kmart version of dating sites. But hey, if it worked for you, great. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, because he was holding his niece. And uh, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. He was holding his uh, granddaughter, and I was holding my grandson. And I wrote to him and told him that I think it's disgusting that most men have a picture with their dog, and women think, "Oh my God, he's a dog lover." But you're holding a little kid, so I think it's disgusting that you're appealing to women's senses because you're holding a little girl. And then he said he got a little bit angry, and he looked at my picture and knew I had a sense of humor when he saw me holding my grandson and he said that's it you know i have to you know i have to meet her yeah that was the main thing the humor is the reason we first went out i guess because i knew that she had a sense of humor and absolutely and, and she was a woman was which is nice that's a bonus yeah that was yeah that was nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. most of yeah most of the women that i meet well never mind let's not talk about the women that i meet um <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> uh that's that's for another podcast so so okay so now now you did you meet in a restaurant for the first time did you meet well i i showed up she was uh i should have known it was a harbinger of things to come because she it was she locked herself out of her own house and she was just like no the car the car she locked the herself car. out of the car and she, i had to go on store to open the doors she still does stuff like that 
But uh, she showed up about a half hour late. But no, about 15 minutes. 15. Yeah. Okay. And it was the Meadows Diner. The Meadows Diner. In, yeah. Uh, in Blackwood. In Blackwood, New Jersey. That's our that's our anniversary yeah. place. So okay. Yeah. And, and was the uh, was the conversation easy the first time around, or was it? Uh, Actually, it was actually. Uh, I said, uh, I think the first thing I said was, "You're ordering an asparagus omelet for yeah. dinner." Yeah. I think that was the first thing I said to her. And, that's, so uh, that's very romantic, Mike. Yeah, well, it was the asparagus talking, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we just had uh, and we just hit it off. That's right. You know, and then you moved in. Uh, oh, we went out on three dates, and then on the third date, I said. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm staying here. Yeah. And she said, okay. And I just never left. He never left. Wow. That was like 16 years ago. We, we had to, yeah, we had to make a phone call that he wasn't dead on the road, you know, because, um, yeah, I was staying, I had come down from New York. I, I decided to leave New York and come back to Philadelphia area. So I was staying with my sister until I found a place and her husband and I met Karen and uh, on the third day, I just stayed there. He's wow, wondering when I'm going to leave. So yes, I yeah, wondering. Yes, she's still uh, wondering. Sixteen years later. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's soon. Mike, that's very fast. I mean, what made you think? Did you not like living alone? No, um, he, he didn't like living with. His I didn't like living with my sister. Uh, no, she's right. a very nice lady, my sister. Yeah, but right. No, of course. I uh, I just function better with the partner. It's pretty simple. And yeah. I mean, we were both looking for the same thing. I've always, I've always thought it's not uh, so much who you meet, it's when you meet them. And right. we both met at the same time. We were both looking for the same thing, a, a permanent companionship relationship. Yeah. And we just headed off, you know? Yeah. So no, that's, that was it. Yeah. She's, she's, uh, she, she was a nice fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so, I had so, to yeah. So you had two previous wives, like actually married wives, right? No, three. I had three, but who's who's counting? Who's well, counting? I'm, I, I'm counting because I can't even find one to marry. So, I mean, we don't have to talk about all those years, but did you, Can let me ask you this. What was the common denominator? Was the common denominator problem with all those relationships was that you were on the road and that yes. didn't understand the lifestyle? Was that the biggest problem, you think? Well, problem number one, uh, I was 20 and she was 18 and the baby was on the way. So that answers that. Um, back in those days, Catholic boys and girls who got that way got married. And we did, and it lasted uh, seven or eight years. And then uh, the second uh, one was um, a Jewish lawyer. And uh, that lasted, uh, how long did that one last? About 15 no. Um, Pretty long time. I don't know okay. exactly how long. That's okay. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. But, what, was, what's, it, and the third it, one was a school teacher. And that lasted about 15 years. Right. So I've been married That's, since I've been 20. Uh, I've been yeah. married most of that time. But the somebody. common denominator was definitely. Oh, but the common denominator after the first one was we were too young. But the last two was because of what I do. Comedy. Yeah. It was comedy. Like I said, after we got married, it was like, are you going to do this every weekend? <laughs> And they didn't seem to understand that that's when we do what we do. So of course, of course, because for those of people who who don't think about it, stand up comedy involves the weekends and, and traveling Friday, Saturday, uh -huh. Sunday. Right. Uh huh. Um, 
did you did you work primarily in New York and on the East Coast, or did you travel to California and those? Uh, I went out to California once to uh, I was uh, they flew me out to read for a movie and uh, 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 but I worked I didn't get the oh I got a, offered a small part in the movie but it wasn't worth doing so okay. I didn't do it um it, and uh, but I worked out of mostly out of New York I've worked Vegas several times probably. I don't know, six or seven times. I've worked I worked Atlantic City frequently. Yeah. Uh, at the Vergata and the Tropicana. And uh done some television shows back in the day on um you know, on A and E and on the Comedy Central, you know, Yeah. Like yeah, I see that. Um but you were primarily on the East Coast most of yeah, the time. Yeah, East right? Coast comic. But uh, like I said, did Florida, but I was based out of the East Coast. So I see there's a sentence on your website that um, stands out, and that's that you had some kind of relationship with Chris Rock, or you influenced Chris Rock, or Chris Rock was aware of you. Can you tell me a well, little bit about Back in those days, uh, this was, I guess, 85, maybe 84. Chris was an 18-year-old kid, and uh, Jerry Curls, the whole thing, you know. And he had been auditioning at the various comic uh, comedy clubs in New York, the comic strip. Uh, the Improv, back in those days, it was just the big three, the Comic Strip, The Improv, and Catch a Rising Star. And he uh, got to the he got to Catch a Rising Star. I was the creative director at that time. In other words, I would tell people if they passed, to, you could go ahead and hang out, and maybe you'll get on. Uh, and if they didn't have much, I would say, come back again, try again, audition again. But I saw Chris, and I saw something that, that was, I, he was 18 years old. And I told him to hang out, and he did uh, week after week. And eventually, I put him on. Then on weekends, and boom, he took off. But uh, he was one of them. I there was other people too that I passed. Um, Colin Quinn and uh, Brett Butler. Um, wow, wow, a few others, you know, who uh, I passed and told them all just to hang out. And eventually, they went on to bigger and better things. Absolutely. So, so did you do you remember conversations where you sort of mentored them a little bit and gave them some tips and some advice and that sort of thing? Uh, no. I, what I said was, I, I just keep working. Do do what you're doing. I mean, in the case of Brett Butler and and, and Colin, they were pretty much um, established as far as who they were and who they just never gone to catch before. So I saw them. They weren't a finished product, but they were well on their way. Chris was a little different. Because he was so young, but even even then, I knew that he had a lot of potential. So I would, you know, we would talk and I'd give him a few tips here and there, but nothing. I really didn't do that much. He he did. He had the talent. I just passed him. That's all. Uh, uh, yeah, no, he's he's amazing. I mean, absolutely. Um, it's so interesting to hear because in those days, a lot of amazing comedians were coming up at the same time that you were. Uh, I mean, all the, all the, you know, I mean, Seinfeld, all those people. Did you cross oh, yeah, paths? They were all there. I think I was all, all those guys, Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Maher, um, geez, wow. uh, Ray Romano. We were wow. all contemporaries. That's amazing. Did you guys the go? The different was they, they worked hard and they were ambitious and the straight and narrow. And I was a little more uh, fun loving. <laughs> I didn't have the discipline to really bear i didn't care that much i just wanted to make a living and be have fun and those guys wanted to be famous and yes. they are yeah yeah so so nobody really, yeah so nobody really came up to you and said hey mike we have a sitcom idea for you would you like to try out for the sitcom that didn't really happen 
Well, what happened was one, I was emceeing one night at Catch. I, I emceed a lot there. Uh, and uh, people from NBC came up and uh, I did a, a game show pilot for them called It's Rock and Roll. And uh, we, uh, I, I hosted the show and um, we had, we had uh, Chubby Checker and Peter New was on the show, Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen, that guy, he was on the show, Bobby Rydell. And it was without getting into too much. It was a, it was a a game show of sorts. But that year, they would take these shows and go to Las Vegas and try to sell them as syndicated shows. And uh, the show that they bought was uh, Bowser, that pop and rocker, which Dick Clark was behind it. And it was on for a couple of years, around like on Saturday at two o'clock. And they bought that show instead of our show. So uh, that was it. Right. Right. I didn't get. It. So you had you had shown. a take. It, it was shown yeah. on NBC, but our, our pilot was shown. And, okay. But we didn't follow it up. Yeah. So you had a taste of being like a game show, but you didn't really have like a sitcom possibility like Seinfeld and all those people. No, no. Huh? Yeah. How come you don't go on Bill Maher? I mean, that's such a popular show. That would be great to see you on Bill Maher. Well, for one thing, he's on the West Coast. and uh, Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, he's uh, a lot famous. You know, so now he you hires... Know. Well, no, I mean, let's talk many comics. He uses mostly political figures and, and writers and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's a political bent show. I know. Sure. Um, but do when you say that you're not famous, I mean, you're well known among comedians, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, that way I am. But I mean, I'm in the yeah. general public. I, you know, people yeah. don't interrupt my dinner for an autograph. Let's put it that way. But yeah, well, I, right, right. But you, you can go to the local 7 Eleven and no one will bother you. Yeah, Wawa's is a different story. Wawa, <laughs> they're all over me. But um, all over you. Can I? Uh, <laughs> I mean, me too. But I don't want to talk to them. You know. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. Do you? Can can I, can I talk about your style of comedy? Um, so I talked about your style about the fact that you're so relaxed and engaged. Um, I've seen you. Listen, I've seen you do the same material the la the four times that I've seen you. But I don't care because it's so funny. I could watch it almost every night. I think. Um, have you, do you, did you get to a point where you kind of had your, cause you usually do 30 minutes, maybe 30, 40 minutes. Is that, that's that right? Yeah. As I've, I've said, as I've gotten older, I mean, it, I used to do, you know, an hour, I have hours of material, but as you get older, um, I haven't been taking my Prevagen, uh, so my memory, you know, <laughs> and I can comfortably do 40, 45, I, I, without, talk, I don't want to talk to the audience and fill time. I want to get out there and, and do my material and um right right so now i do basically 35 40 minutes that's enough yeah so my 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 question is did you get to a point maybe a few years ago where you had kind of a very set material that you don't stray from it that much or do you kind of mix and match stuff from the older days into the new set you know what i mean do you do kind of the, the same set usually um i no no not, because, not exactly no because um you you have um you have holidays you have July Fourth. Oh, have I have all different types of material. And, Christmas and it right. depends on the holiday. Like uh, last week, I worked and I did my. I have a bit about President's Day and about Lincoln and Washington and how it's been, uh, you know, taken into one holiday instead of two separate ones and all this stuff. Depends on the time of the year. Uh, okay. What I mean and uh, yeah. start out with, but. But basically, yeah. I have an outline of hunks of material, and I may add a line or two here and there if I come up with something 
new. Sure. You know? Sure. But you usually kind of start with an opening line that's sort of the same and the closing line that's usually the same sort of. Prior to. Yeah, I open up. I'm old fashioned. I, I open up. I tell a joke, a, a joke that yeah. I think is really funny just to, to prime the pump, just to get the. Yeah. This is what I do. I make people, and that, it, that's the easiest way for me to do get get a running start with a, with a yeah. joke. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And you tell the audience that this is the only joke that you know. <laughs> the only clean joke. The only, the only clean thing. joke. Yes. Can I? I have to segue a little bit to, uh, if you don't mind, talking about the miniature golf joke that you have, uh-huh. uh, okay, which is my favorite, probably my favorite joke of all time. I think. Um. Oh, nice. So I, and I don't want I don't want to give it away for the audience, but maybe um, it involves min- playing miniature golf and involves uh, and I think you're setting it at Vegas, right? Yeah, right. So first of all, do you, did you do you know why you set it in Vegas? Just curiosity wise. Well, I I actually I. I I don't know. I didn't. I, I the setting is in Vegas, but that's it's not. That's part of the storyteller that I use this story, because yeah. as you know, I do this the bit about the traveling to each each state and the jokes I have with each state. So yes. The one I assigned to Trop, the Tropicana, they really don't have an indoor miniature golf course there, but I say they do, so I can set up the joke. A lot of it's just being believable, but yeah. I actually did see a a, a, a little person. To be politically correct, uh, playing miniature golf, and it just struck me as bizarre. I, I mean, it's, he has every right to play miniature golf, but I just, like I said to myself at the time, what's the point? What? Why? What, you know. So <laughs> right, from that, right. it, it grew into a bit. You know, it's it's such a great premise, and and, and I, I I'm glad you told me that that it was a real story. Yeah, I mean, it's, basically, yeah. I mean, do, do you mind doing two minutes of that, just telling people what that is, or do you don't you don't have to if you don't feel like it? What you know, mean, the actual the actual joke itself, like that you go to Vegas, you go get you 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 take a little weed. Uh-huh. Do you mind doing two minutes of that? Just tell. Oh tell well, me. I mean, I could talk. It's not the same as if it's an audience, but. Basically, I mean, there's several jokes within this. It's a story. What I try to do is if I tell a, a hunk, as we call them, a story, I just try to pepper them with as many laughs as I possibly can at each story. So the Midgets of Miniature Golf has probably five or six good laugh stops in it. And, Absolutely. Uh, uh, Absolutely. And this, right. uh, my favorite thing about it, it may not make sense to a lot of people when I said, if, if, you, if you play Miniature Golf, it was really good weed. And if you're playing miniature golf and you see a, a little person playing miniature golf, your first thought is you're 10 feet tall, right. you know, conceptually, because right. And it's, it's that kind of humor that I like to do. You have to think a little bit. I don't want to, you know, it's not a math quiz, but I, I, I try to make people have to work a little bit, reach a little bit to get the jokes I'm telling you. It's it's genius, Mike. I mean, the, 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 the combining miniature golf with a miniature person is genius. Thank you. It, it just seemed, it just seems so odd to me. I'd never seen that before, and I, I just, did, did. Did you actually have an interaction with a little person in real no, life? No, that part. I, no, I wouldn't go up to him and say you're a midget and you're just, this is <laughs> normal to you. I, but that's what I thought in my mind. He turned, he walked into a little schoolhouse, sat down. The whole thing, um, right, right. It's it's, it's all a, a conceptual, you know, visual know. kind of thing. I know. I think I think if you remember, I approached you before 
uh, the show and I asked you, do, do you, do you, is that a, is that a joke that's usually in your set usually? Yeah, actually I, I cut it short. You, I, there's several lines in there that I haven't, you never heard me do. And Karen will tell me, you know, you forgot the bit about where you, and then I, oh, see, I can't believe I forgot that part. So. Right. Right. But yeah. I, I like doing that bit. It's funny. It gets a laugh and it's, it's true. It's so, so fun. it's so funny. Do you and you actually play golf in real life? That's kind of you're like miniature golf. I, I played golf, real golf once. I shot a 136 and said, no. It's so, not for you. Not right. For me. Do you do you sometimes play with little people just for fun? If they'll let me. Um <laughs> you're because you're, you're you're kind of tall. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh but I you you you've done that joke for a long time. Has that been in your repertoire for a long time? Yeah, and one time I did it, and there was a little... I didn't yeah, notice him. I remember that. Was oh, a, right, no. in the front right in the front, there was a little guy. Yeah. And, if, and uh, <laughs> I, he, he did laugh, and I, I said everyone, I said, I'm sorry, I overlooked you. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. That's I so had his fuel to the fire, but I yeah. didn't see him. I didn't see him. Of so, course, he's very short. <laughs> that's right. So... Was he sitting there in his golf clothes in a golf club? I was just sitting there, his legs dangling off the chair. Uh, and, wow. uh he, he, that, he that, took in good humor you know yeah well that's the thing i mean another thing about you know comedy clubs is a lot of people do crowd work and that sort of thing i don't think that's your thing right you don't really do i used you know i i emceed for years at catch rising star when i was creative director there i would emcee all the time and and don't forget don't forget rascals and, and rascals yeah i did in, in in west orange i hosted the rascals comedy hour i was on tv for I was on cable for a year and a half, two years. I did that show every Thursday night, Rascals Comedy Hour. But um, I yeah, was trying to pull up. yeah, I'm sorry, that's okay, that's okay. And but I forgot the question. Yeah, no, the question was oh, crowd uh, oh crowd work. Uh, yeah, so I started out doing crowd work with the audience, and from there I would you know, sometimes you come across a gem and it can make that part of your act uh, or build a, a routine out of something. Somebody said you can't really recreate it. Uh, crowd work works because it's spontaneous and it's it's really hard. I mean, improvisation, after you do it the first time, it's no longer improvisation. I mean, you can make it appear to be improvisation, but it's not. So uh, that, yeah. that's the key. To, that when I'm on stage, you try to act spontaneous and have some enthusiasm about what you're doing and make it sound fresh, even though I've been doing some of this stuff for 20 years. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I think it's, well, it's very... I, I'm starting to know a lot of comedians because I go to that club a lot and I do a lot of podcasts with a, you're maybe my fifth comedian on my podcast here. And I, I find it fascinating. I find it very brave. And I always use the word brave. And then they usually tell me it's not brave. It's the same thing over and over again. But I don't know. I, I, I do acting. So I usually hide behind a character and I have a director and I have, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a different animal than I think when you're on stage, you're really... You're you're kind of naked, and if a joke doesn't land, what do you do? How do you survive that? Well, we used to what we used to do is call them savers. Well, you know, folks, I don't dance, or you know, I worked last night, or whatever. But in, in all uh, humility, I don't get many of those. I when I say something, they usually laugh when they're supposed to, so I don't have to call for a saver. And yeah. now I don't draw if something falls flat. I just move on. I don't stop and say, hey, folks, come on. What's with some some comics get angry when they don't let not me. I just move right yeah. along. And sometimes you just miss. I mean, I uh, 
I had a thing that I thought was, sometimes you'll think it was a joke, and you'll say, this is funny. And you go up there, and it gets nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's rare, very rare when that happens. But I, I'll give you, a, for instance, uh, I said, uh, I, I went to uh, my uh, urologist, you know, it was, and I said, how's, how is, uh, how's my prostate? He said, swell. And uh, <laughs> that got a little laugh. I said, he's very low rent, though. He didn't use a glove. He just had a condom on his finger. Now, I know, I don't know why I thought it was, I guess it's more disgusting now that I think about it. But I tried it two or three times. It got zipped. So I'm keeping it in. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep it in. Uh, I think it's funny. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's more of a thing. Yeah, it's a weird because it's the condom and not a glove, right? Yeah, just on the one finger instead of, yeah, you know, it saves money. I just, yeah. yeah, I guess it was just misguided, but. Yeah, no, hey. no, no, but but I know it's funny. It's funny because I, uh, I mean, it's I mean, humor is so subjective. So, I mean, I sometimes in my real life I tell jokes that I think are hysterical, and 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 some people don't get it, and then I'll say something really stupid, and people will really laugh. So yeah, you never. Right. It's hard to know, right? Right. You don't know until you try it out. Um, do you get? Do you try to write new material these days, or are you just kind of like, I have a good set, I'm just going to keep it the way it is? Um, mostly, I, no. You've written new material. Yeah, I don't yeah. write down per se. You know, if I think of an idea, I take it on stage and work it out. Right. Um, yeah, I still do that, um, but then it, it'll drop off. I can only hold hold so many megabytes of stuff in my brain at my age, so. Um, if I yeah. come up with a new bit, another bit's going to fall off somewhere uh, that I don't do. I have comics come up to me all the time. Hey, do you still do that bit about Jews and Christians? I used to have this long... Remember David Steinberg, the comic? Yeah, sure. Yes. I had a bit that was similar to kind of his style about the history of Jews and, and Christians and all. It's a very... But it's about a four or five minute bit. And if it starts to die 30 seconds in, you're stuck. You got to finish yeah. the bit. But... Yeah. Uh, Comics come up and say, "Do you still do that bit? This bit or that bit?" That I had forgotten totally about my uh, my dog was dyslexic, and uh, and, and comics said, "How come you don't do that joke?" I said, what joke? The dyslexic dog. He sits uh, and then you know most dogs will sit on your lap and lick your face. Okay, so and then, yeah. then I let the audience come to the conclusion of what I'm talking about. I don't say, yeah. you know, let them work and they get. I like the delayed laughter. You know, yeah, I, well, I, well, I, well, I was there the other night, and that got a huge laugh. That was one of the big laughs. Is the dyslexic yeah. dog? Yeah, uh, works because a lot of people have dyslexia, and a lot of people have dogs, and a lot of people want to get licked. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. Who doesn't want a good licking now and again? It's been a while since I've been licked by a dog or a human. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, Karen. I know. It's uh, oh, listen, I. I I haven't dated in like three, four years and uh, living, I've never actually lived with a woman. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm in my fifties and I feel like I'm 18 years old still. You know? Oh, that's great. It's great. But I mean, when is this going to end? I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of find it funny that you were kind of a introvert, but you always, you wanted to be with somebody, you know, that's an interesting combination. I think. I uh, yes. yeah. yeah. But you know, the ironic thing is, um, what? Go see the movie Under the Tuscan Sun. You know, it, it's on um, on demand. That's and a chick it, flick. That's a chick flick. Oh, well, yeah, come on. <laughs> go, to your, go to your gentle side, for goodness sakes. I made Mike watch it, you know. 
tap onto that gentle side of Danny. Come on. And look, and look what happened to look what happened to Mike. <laughs> longest two hours of my life. And, and yeah, but if you look for something, you won't find it. Okay. And that's what the whole gist of the story was. And she wasn't looking for anything. When she finally wasn't looking, she found it. I wasn't looking. And Mike said he was just looking for a friendly face other than his sisters. Yeah, it's just somebody to have dinner with. Somebody, you somebody know. just have dinner with, not not something serious. Right. And I right. had said that too. I was perfectly happy being independent woman. And, you know, I just said, well, okay, you know, my kids are pushing me into every once in a while, get out of the house, have some dinner with somebody, anybody. And you know, um, and I was a body. Yeah, he was a body, and it just it just happened. So you're saying that I shouldn't look. Uh, what am I supposed to do? Look or not look? Well, the, look, you, you gotta look like you're not looking. Right, look like you're not looking. <laughs> but you know, and and it's it is true. It, it's very true that a lot of the women on they're looking for a meal ticket. And uh, I think Fanny Willis just said a man is not a plan, which I love because yeah. a lot of the women on these dating sites are. Because Mike even said that. Mike said, uh, one chick was like, I like concerts. I like music. I like world travel. And Mike was like, uh-uh, you're not going to like me because that ain't me. Yeah. I stay at um, home. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know. Well, you, the, the, Karen, the movie that you're talking about, she's in Italy. She's in Tuscany. Of course she's going to find somebody. I, I'm, in, I'm in Princeton. There's no, this is not Italy around here. You mean, you mean there's nothing in Princeton with all those cute little shops and restaurants? Oh please! I'm not going to badmouth Princeton, but since we're we're on the topic, <laughs> <laughs> every woman has an SAT score over 1,200. What the? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want a smart woman or a dumb woman. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, Princeton. The 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 real issue is that it's mostly students and it's mostly families and not much in oh. between. That's that's oh. one issue. Either that or it's my horrible personality. I'm not sure. No, no, you don't have, you definitely do not have a horrible personality. I mean, we clicked with you immediately when you, you know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, when yeah, you know. no, actually, for people uh, that, that are listening, uh, I Karen told me that it's not every day that someone, that Mike says yes to a podcast. So right. I'm very honored that you guys are doing this with me. Oh, wow. You're welcome. Yeah. Our pleasure. Yeah, you, you, know, you clicked I, right away with us, but Mike, uh, to get him to do... I'm not going to mention the names. Of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. A number of well, years I, I, to get them. You know, well, if only I had yes. as much. If only I had as much luck with women as I did with Mike. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, pick out one who's breathing. Right. Breathing. That's just, just breathing. If they're breathing, you know, that's a start. Huh. You're on your own after that. Yeah. But I, if I, they're I, not I never, breathing, I'd say walk away. I never, I never, that, I mean, that, I'm, I'm aroused right now. Just thinking about a non-breathing woman. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. That's a whole other subject. That's a whole other subject. I, I don't want to turn this into advice for Danny hour, but, uh, but, but do you think that, um, so I, and you, you guys are living together, right? Like, yeah, yeah 16 years. 16 years. So what, uh, do you have a lot of alone time? Do you, do you hide in one room of the, of the house? Yes. Yeah, we spend. Yeah, she uh, she's pretty independent. I mean, if I'm watching TV and uh, uh, I, I I'm I'm really into politics. I don't do it on stage because you lose half the audience. Yes. Um, in this day and age, but I I watch a lot of politics. You watch C CNN, MSNBC, all MSNBC. that stuff. MSNBC. And if I, if I want to laugh, I'll listen to Fox just to <laughs> <laughs> right. Know, right. for a laugh. But uh, and she. Um, 
is into her phone and uh, I'm into my phone her and phone. I'm into books. I and have books. She reads entire, a lot more than I have an entire library in my room. She reads for entertainment. I read for information. Right. And uh I, right. I I'm not into fantasies and fiction books and all that stuff. You know, I, I want facts. I like biographies and things like that. Yeah, so, Mike, you, you, Mike, Mike is like a real man here. Thank you. Thank you. Hear that? I'm, I'm reading yeah. a book about turtles right now, but it's very interesting. She, about turtles. It's going very <laughs> slow. <laughs> How can turtles be interesting? It's it's fascinating. I mean, you wouldn't <laughs> realize that they have vocalizations. Yeah, they do. Vocal when they have sex so, with each other? No, no. Vocalizations for different things. If you've ever you know, studied turtles and it's called a turtles in time and it's a uh, book. I mean, this it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And then I'm reading another, you know, uh, a, a, you know, another book and, uh, and then for, you know, yeah, and then this is an anthology. This is amazing. I've never met a woman that's reading a book about turtles. You're the I first said, woman. I've I never said, heard that. I, I've never heard that in a sentence even. Well, uh, she's come out of her shell. <laughs> See, Mike, there you go, man. I mean, all oh, you have to do is. Yeah, well, what can oh, I say? Oh. I apologize. But uh... no, no, no. It's, no, no, no. It's, uh... hey, Mike, do you have uh, kids? Do you have. Um... I Yes, I do. I have uh, two. Uh, my oldest oh, one. Oh, here, here comes the turtle. Oh, that looks very scary to me. I'm looking at a turtle right now. Upside down, upside. Uh, oh, no, no, your book is, no, it's right side up. It's called of, on, of Time and Turtles by Cy Montgomery. Okay, they were giving a plug for this book right now. Okay, yeah. uh, that's that, that's a very uh, attractive turtle. I'm, I, I might want to <laughs> date. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if the turtle would date me. <laughs> it's great, and you know, and I read anthologies, short stories, and uh, fantasy. Yeah. You know, so Karen, Karen, do you I used still... to do a turtle joke, by the way. Yes, he did yes. What's that? What's that? Um, okay, um, a uh, a turtle. Holds up a bank. And then I told the audience, you have to suspend belief for this joke. And uh, a, a turtle held up the bank. And so um, they they rounded up all the turtles in town and put them in a lineup. And they asked the teller, which turtle uh, held up the bank? And the teller says, it all happened so fast. No, the snail. <laughs> oh, it was a snail. Ah, uh, oh, okay. A snail. It happened okay. so fast. Yeah. yeah, turtle works though, you know. Yeah, the turtle. Yeah, but ah. but yeah, I don't do that joke much anymore, as you can tell, since I screwed it up. But uh, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Thank you for the effort. Uh, can we go back to the miniature golf and the midget joke? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> by the way, the premise of that is smoking weed. Uh, do you? Uh, I, 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 I do that from time to time. Has that been uh -huh. part of your uh, repartee? Uh, it was uh, well. I've now switched over to edibles because really? I was well, and it's a different kind of reaction. You have to be more patient. Yeah, and it, uh, it and takes a, you. You take it on a Thursday, it kicks in on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, because, well, I had been smoking when I got out of the military. I was twenty nine, and my thirties were kind of a blur. Uh, pot being the least offensive of the uh, things I did. And uh, when I hit about, oh gosh, I don't know, in my 60s, they said, um, uh, you may want to switch over to edibles. You know, uh, you're not a kid anymore. So I switched over to, to edibles and I, I still do those sometimes. You know, yeah. I don't drink. So yeah. my only advice. Yeah. Uh, 
So you do it really just kind of to help you relax or just to have, it's just to, the feeling of being high a little bit. Yeah. Just a little, yeah. Just a little buzz. That's all. Yeah. Does Karen enjoy that too? Or no. she's too busy? She's no. Too, no, that's a, that's a hard no. No. Um, I'm highly allergic to THC. Really? Yes. I am so allergic to THC. I throw up. I, I throw up. Uh, I have horrible gagging and I'm highly allergic to THC. It's wow. hysterical. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so, I could just see Mike keeps trying to get Karen to smoke, and she won't. No, do it. no, no. He knows better than that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, no, I'll be very sick. Yeah. Wow. I've never met Karen. You're fascinating. Uh, what am I doing <laughs> talking to Mike? You're you're fascinating. <laughs> she has purple hair. What do you want? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, she reads about turtles, and she can't smoke pot. I, 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 Karen, do you drink at all, or do you have any no, fun? Not well. Not, no, I can't. No, no. Six sips of wine now and again. Uh, yeah, a couple sips of wine, but then I fall asleep. Yeah. Right, so. right, right. So you're very sober. You're so sober that uh, you you just get high on turtles, I guess. Yes, the turtles and uh, Mike. Ah. Uh. Uh, uh, so seriously, do you spend do you do you go out on date nights or do you uh, take each other for granted? <laughs> do you take each other for granted at this point? Well, dates for us basically are, are going to do comedy. You know, uh, we go together to do stand up, and uh, she has grandkids and I have grandkids, so a lot of our time is spent with those. Um, I, you know, uh, I guess I could be sort of a date, but we just uh, we just live yeah. together. You know? No, no, we, you, we 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 went out on more dates going out until COVID struck. Well, yeah, COVID right? was and, and it's it. Some of our friends won't even go to restaurants with us because they're afraid of COVID, and they'll only yeah. eat out outside. Yeah. So that's I the know. thing about you know. So it, it's too cold to eat outside, and then when we say, "Well, we're going to go to," um, you know, uh, what's that steakhouse we like? Uh, Longhorn, you know, and they go, "Oh no, it's inside. We're not going." So yeah. we'll go ourselves. Yeah. You know, we and don't have still, a set date night. Well, you're, you're, I think you're at a place where, I mean, at my gosh, after 16 years, you're very, I mean, you're not worried about presenting your true selves to each other, I suppose. No, no, we, we, we've been faking it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we've been faking it, orgasms, happiness, you know, things like that. But we do, we know each other's, uh, um, you know, yeah, moods and stuff. So we kind yeah. of just give each what? other space. Yeah, yeah. See, I see. I, yeah, I I never get to that point. Usually, when I'm with a woman, it's about three months, and then I never get to that point where it's just like, "Hi, honey, I'm home." You know, right. I never get to. You know, it's it's when when I get to that point, she's not home. Like I say, "Honey, I'm home," and there's nobody there. I hear you. <laughs> I've been. I just. I was just lucky. I mean, I don't know how she feels, but you know, I yeah. just whenever I. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Aaron, uh, I can save you. I can save you. I can. You can come live with me. <laughs> she would drive you out of your mind. Uh, I would. I would drive most people out of their mind. I uh, yeah. I have, I have the ability so, to put up with her. Yeah, he does. Well, I, well, Mike, you have some really good jokes about um, DNA, about which stands for "Don't notice anything." Oh, that's the whole thing about. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, I, it's about it's about women asking somebody like, "Hey, uh, notice, notice anything, anything new?" The, exactly. the three words every man dreads to hear from his wife or his girlfriend: "Notice anything new?" And I came home from the hairdresser yesterday with short hair, had my hair cut, and he goes, "It looks the same." Yeah, I didn't notice. He didn't uh, notice. 
And but Karen, uh, and, at this point, uh, you don't expect them to notice, do you? At this point, um, every once in a while, I think if I changed my hair color to red, you would notice. I would notice, you know. Yeah. But I think you know, not um, you know. And well, I, Karen, the I, joke is, uh, I said uh, men don't notice. It's not in our DNA. Don't notice anything. It just happened to work out that way, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's really true. I mean, so do you get a yeah. lot of material? You probably get a lot of material just hanging around Karen all day, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of material where we live. Yeah, yeah. Karen. Karen, do you miss doing comedy? Do uh, do you not do that anymore? Or no, we're we, we're together this Monday, the twenty seventh, in Elmira, New York. Yeah, we're doing oh, really? a theater out yeah, there. Yeah, we're doing um the the Samuel Clemens Theater. Samuel Clemens Theater on, on Monday. And, uh, and then. And yeah, how many minutes are you going to do, Karen? I am the um, I'm the hostess. Oh, okay. So I guess I do fifteen minutes. Up she time. can do uh, if she can do twenty five to thirty in a pinch if she has to. Right. Yeah. You know, so well, I, I, I've heard Mike say that Karen is actually funnier. I don't know if he was being modest or truthful. I don't know. <laughs> funny what? Funnier than me? I, 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 no, you said that Karen is actually the funnier of both of you. Oh, she, well, she certainly has her moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'm more. I'm. I do physical comedy. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She does props to a degree and stuff like that. Yeah. Different than physical what I rather than a monologist. He's yeah. a monologist. I just talk. I don't do props. Yeah, and, uh, used to when I first started out, I did props, but that's just kind of great. Props are the enemy of wit, and uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's right. why I switched over. I think I think Karen should hold up a turtle smoking pot. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm actually I'm actually very afraid of doing comedy, but I have a friend, um, Jay Silverberg, who used to work at Catch All. I know Jay. You know Jay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he tells me next week we're going to go to a to an open mic, and he's going to work with me on five minutes, and I'm scared to death to do it. You know, I I I, I part of me wants to do it because I am pretty funny. But um, well, let, let, me, let me lay this on you, Mike, okay? I, my Aunt Ginny, she calls me up a few years ago, very excited, and she says to me, I got a burial plot for you, uh, and it was on sale. And she was very, you know, that's the premise of the joke, and then, you know, and then I'm thinking, and this was a real story, and then I'm thinking, I, I'm going to lie in eternity thinking that I, I am in a discounted grave, uh, and that's not gonna no. That's that's a pretty good joke, right? That's a very good joke, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, I don't there's know. A, there's a bunch of jokes in in there. Yeah, um, you know, I have to use it uh, by a certain time, or it expires. <laughs> the word expires somewhere. It can work in that whole thing somewhere. I mean, I haven't written a bit, but the, that's yeah. a solid premise. The it's hardest solid... thing is to find a premise, right? And then if you get a good premise, <laughs> I can write jokes about it all day. You know, but yeah. to get a discount funeral plot, that's that's open to a wide variety. I can hear her now saying, Oh, I got it for your wholesale. What do you want, Danny? I got it for your wholesale. They only burn <laughs> three feet down. No, they burn. Plus, it's just a discount. You don't yeah. get the full six feet. Yeah, yeah. you don't get the right. full six feet. You know, I mean, it's a wide yeah, I know, I know. I know. No, okay. It's a good premise. I mean, I mean, it continues because she says uh, that everybody else in the family has a space for their significant other but she didn't get one for me because she doesn't get, she doesn't think i'm gonna have a significant other 
So now I'm thinking of just asking a girl out just to despite my aunt. Hey, can I, will you marry me just so we can be buried together? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a little dark. but Well, and you could just use the one plot. You, you know, she could be on top. If you want that to go in that direction. Yeah. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's, so, so, But the thing is, when you have a good premise, then you have to read out. Then you have to come up with the best possible joke. Well, yeah, um, you know, that's that's just by uh, hit or miss. You, you write down the things you think are funny. You throw it out there to the audience. They'll let you know. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and I don't mean yeah. just doing it one time. You you work it, you develop it. it the, the, the key is a lot of comics don't do this. You have to listen to what you're saying. You listen to the reaction and listen to what the words you're actually saying instead of just doing it by rote and just say, boom, is this joke really working? Is this joke not? Or you have Mike in the back of the room the time I was doing a joke and you were pretending that. He was holding his nose and pretending to go under. And then he put his arms out like an airplane and pretended to dive bomb. And, you know, so, you know, and, and very, very encouraging, very encouraging, very encouraging. And then when I got off the stage, you know, I said, I could read your, your room. And he said, because it bombed, it bombed. And I was like, and he, you wouldn't get off of it. You wouldn't stop, you know? Well, I don't know yeah. if you've noticed what I do my show. I, I'm from these uh, belief. I call it ABC, accuracy, brevity, and clarity. I don't try. I don't have a lot of extemporaneous in between bits. I, you know, I, I pretty much try to con use my words concisely and get to the punch quickly and briefly and accurately, and uh, without a lot of extemporaneous crap in between. Right. You know, I'm up there to entertain, and I try to do it that way. It's discipline, right. basically. Well, that well, right. Well, that's what's so brilliant about your comedy is that it's so concise and it's so specific, and it works ninety, you know, five percent of the time. I think. I, I, I would mean, take ninety-five percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's an amazing skill, but it also brings up the whole subject of men and women and why women are so verbose and men are more concise. And I don't know why that is. Karen can talk to a statue. Um, you know, I, I don't. She makes she knows everybody in our we live in this big condo thing here with tons of units. She knows everybody's name, what floor they're on. I don't know anybody. Right. And, you know, he just, doesn't he doesn't even like going if we have a party or a dinner to go to. He says, You right. go and tell me how it was. And I go, No, I want to go with you. And he says, Well, I'm just gonna sit there. And he does, and he right. doesn't talk to anybody. I listen. I, I get more out of listening to other people than I do chipping in. I can get material that way. I can I'm you know, I'm just more interested in studying the human Yeah. Yeah, you're you're an observer. Much more so than a participant, yeah. But do you have friends of your own ever? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a friend, Mike? Great question. You're my very first friend. No. I have I have a, a, a like a handful of people that I talk to on the phone and uh they're comics as well. Um but we don't okay. talk about comedy, we talk about sports or politics, oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah. We don't don't swap jokes anymore or stuff like that. Right. Comic, they don't call me up and say, Do you think this is funny? And I don't ask other comics. Right. Let me try this out on you. We don't do that. Yeah, because it just feels like you know what you're doing and it's like talking shop and who wants to talk about right. work? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, that's the trap of me talking with comedians is that um, you usually have to talk about the trajectory and how they became comedians. But I find it, I think the world that isn't into comedy uh, or, or, or doesn't know comedians, it's very interesting for us civilians that don't know comedians 
Because for us, it's like a, it's kind of a magic act. You get up there in front of strangers. And, I mean, do you still feel nervous when you go up there? Or is it very much like going to work and you just do it? Um, no, I don't feel nervous. I'm confident. In the, when you've been doing this as long as I have, another comic, too, uh, you get used to a certain set, uh, standard of uh, acceptability or a standard of success. So I, I suspect that I'm going to really do very well every time I go up. But when I do less than I, I've, many times I've told Karen, I said, I didn't have a good set. She said, you were great. They loved you. But if you know what you know. And I didn't get the response that I felt that I should get. And yeah. Uh, well, for so, example, I, mean, I don't bomb anymore, but I, I just yeah. don't do as well as I think I should. Well, for example, Mike, the night that I saw you, which was, I think I saw you on Friday, last Friday night. I know you, you probably don't remember yesterday, but uh, let's 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 uh, let's see Friday night, I, you know, and you guys left because it was a snowstorm. Maybe right. uh, I thought you did really well that night. How did you feel that night? Uh, on a one to ten, maybe a seven. Really better than average, but not great. That's great. Yeah. Not great. Well, I think it was a tough crowd. I think they had a more, uh, you know, the the headliner had a more shall we say, uh, Republican mentality. Um, so the, 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 I mean, to, that's putting it politely. Um, so it was a very different crowd that Princeton usually gets. Let's put it that way. Um, well, that, usually the headliner brings a lot of his friends and relatives, which is fine. But um, the, the first joke that I heard as we were getting ready to leave, and he equated the the, the insurrection to getting, breaking into a 7-Eleven, I, I knew where his head was. And I, yeah. Was glad I was leaving. Yeah, yeah. We won't <laughs> mention his name, but I felt no, very, but... I, I felt very uncomfortable. It wasn't. So what I'm saying is, it, the audience wasn't probably your target audience, probably, which is maybe right. why, you, maybe why you, that's why you felt it was like a seven, you know, rather than a yeah, nine. And I'm glad I stuck away. I, I stayed away from politics because I'm totally the opposite of what I know. But then again, you're very self-effacing. I mean, yeah, I put myself yeah. down. So he, so he puts himself down, and people will come up to him afterwards, and oh my God, you were so funny! You were funnier than blah blah blah. And he goes, "I was," and I might just say thank you. He he has yeah. always been very self-effacing. That's what yeah. I love about. Him. I really do. Yeah. Well, I was sitting. I was sitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that joke. What did you I say, said, Karen? He, he makes me look better. Right. He makes you look well. Who knows? But um, I mean, <laughs> I was sitting sort of in the middle, uh, you know, the uh, I was sitting close, but to the middle. And uh, from where I was sitting, everybody was laughing at your jokes pretty hard. So, you know, but uh, it, it wasn't. Didn't think so. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, some nights, uh, uh, you know, it's a straight. It, it was it was a strange ambiance that night. That's why I brought it up because well, I'm my toughest critic by point. I mean, I I yeah. really tough on myself because I know what I sh I can do and what I should do, and if I don't hit that mark, I don't yeah. feel that I did a good job. Yeah, but is it is it more the sound of the laughter or is it more the the vibe of the audience? You know, it's more of the vibe. I've thought I've had great shows where the laughter was somewhat muted. Uh, but I knew that they got what I was doing, and uh, there's other crowds that'll, you know, laugh at anything, and I didn't really feel good about the set. So it's it's more yeah. of the, the latter, more of the, the feel you get from the yeah. That's what that's what I thought. I mean, it's nice to have both the laughter and the sure. vibe. Yeah, usually yeah. if you got the one, you'll get the laughter with it. Usually, you know, but uh, I much rather get nods of I get it than you know laughter for no reason. So yeah. 
do you feel um do you feel at this point you're sort of I don't I don't, I don't want to reveal ages but you're you're over 60 I suppose uh -huh. sure um do you have any kind of um I don't know like how I, I'm getting I'm I'm you know 50s not sure first of all do you mind if i ask you about health stuff do you feel i noticed that you're kind of uh i don't know you you're you're, you're not sprinting up there to the stage you're walking right. a little do you well, did you have yeah. i have what they call ataxia which is an imbalance disorder i have trouble keeping my balance sometimes so i i'm okay but i can't walk up steps unless there's a railing because i'll yeah. fall forward back it's and uh it's not failing or anything uh but yeah. it's uh you know, what? that's a problem. Getting through tight crowds, I have to you know, make sure I don't fall into somebody's lap. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm 73, so yeah, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it happens. But when, uh, when did when, when did that start for you? Uh, like a few well, years ago? Or? Uh, it became acute to me yeah. um, about three years ago. Um, before that, it was not. I didn't think much of it. You know, I mean, I I wasn't falling or starting to lose my balance and, um, and what's so unfair is some bookers who yeah some people thought i was drinking thought he was drinking and he was drunk and yeah, we went to one show and the booker came up to me because i get mike's platter at a dinner and if he wants anything to drink i bring it back to the table uh because you don't want to see mike uh, walk through a crowd of people with a um a, you know a soda a lot of people get wet <laughs> and so uh the booker said to me when did he start drinking and i said he doesn't I said, when did you ever see Mike have alcohol? And he said, but look at him. And I said, he has ataxia and you need to go back. I was, I was upset. And I said, you need to go back and Google it on your phone and see what it is. Because yeah. I think that he's drunk when you've never seen, I said, have you ever seen Mike with a drink in his hand? And he said, never. I said, then yeah. why would you think that he started now? And yeah. he apologized and he, he really did. And, you know, um, yeah. He felt really bad. But the thing is, is that some bookers just, you know, they see him walk and they go, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is, Mike, you know, you, yeah, but, but you generally feel pretty good. I mean, you you, you feel besides the balance. Once issue, I'm on stage, once I'm on yeah. stage and I'm uh, sort of sitting on the stool there. I'm fine. Yeah. Fine. yeah. I'm just, and I, I have some interpretation about weaving through the crowd and getting up onto the stage. That's why the MC kind of pushed me up a little yeah. bit. But once I'm up there, I'm fine, you know. So sure, sure. Do you do you go to shows without Karen, or is she usually there? Uh, um, she's there for most of them, but not all of them. She has her own life. Because yeah, I'm also his bodyguard. <laughs> she helps me out a lot. To, yeah. And she also has her own business. She's uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good. She does okay. other things too. Yeah. She does other things. I know she's a madam. She has prostitutes. I. I yes, uh, that's it. How did you guess? Oh my god. I, uh, because because you said the turtle thing, which is an obvious giveaway that you're a madam. <laughs> Put two and two together. But yeah. no, I, I keep people from moving backwards and bumping into him. You know. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I was, thanks for telling me about it because I wasn't sure, but uh, it is. It actually adds to the mystique, you know, in a way. And this guy, he's uh, maybe a little fragile. He gets up there and suddenly he kills you with laughter, you know. As long as I can talk and think, I'm okay. You know, I right. mean, yeah, you know, yeah. You do the best you can for as long as you yeah. can. That's yep. that's all you can that's do. It. Well, now, I mean, so in your seventies, do you feel are there any pluses to being uh, where you are? I mean, do you feel wiser in any sense, or any, any kind of peace or 
something that I don't have? <laughs> uh, well, you don't have uh, a girl with purple hair. Um, I, I don't have a girl with purple hair that is allergic to THC. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I to be quite honest with you, I don't see a lot of advantages of getting older. I really yeah. don't know. No. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I, I I phrased it in a weird way. I'm thinking, do you think about time and do you think about mortality? Do you think For about sure. that? The okay. closer you get to the end, yeah. you think about it. You know, yeah. I, it, it wasn't yeah. until I was probably 70 uh, when I started to think about, you know, um, I, I'm more than halfway through my journey and which is it's OK. I mean, that's that's one yeah. thing we all have in common is we're all going to yeah. die someday. So. Um, yeah. That's, that's what do you, what do you think? Thing. What do you think? Do you think there's an afterlife? Do you think there's a, do you believe Personally, in the higher? Yeah. No, I, no. I don't, I don't, I no. but yeah, you know, I respect people that believe in things and I, I don't believe in yeah. those things. I yeah. Think, we, we, we have arguments. Yeah. She's more spiritual than I am. I think oh, we're Carol, I'm sure, I'm sure Karen believes in something, right? Yeah. I believe in what's called the summer land, you know, and, um, I believe that's where you know um, it's it's heaven, and that it's nice, you know. It, it's a it's a place full of turtles and stuff and like turtles that. Turtles and 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 uh, and and you know, because my dad used to tell a funny joke. Um, uh, when cats go to the um, when cats go to the Rainbow Bridge, uh, what do they call mice on roller skates? What meals on wheels? Ah. Uh. <laughs> My father's okay. favorite joke, you know. My and one little side note: my father was was a funny guy, and he uh, the one joke he, I always remember him telling me. I had to be about seven years old. He said, "Do you know the three most important vegetables in the garden?" What and he said, "Let us turn up and pee." <laughs> that's the that's his favorite joke. It was my favorite joke. I was seven. I, I was screaming. It was so funny. Let us turn up and pee. So anyway, that was his humor. Do you can you think of one of your all time favorite jokes? I mean, mine is my my favorite joke of yours is the midget and the and the and the miniature golf for sure. Do you have your own all time well, of of my stuff or other? Yeah, I, I, well, both your stuff and other people. Well, um, I see the miniature golf bit. I see that as part of uh, my uh, a bigger a bit when I go through. Uh, Kansas and all the states that I did a show in, like the uh, Utah and uh, the Mormons, yes. you yes. know, and I make a joke about every state. So that I enjoy doing that hunk because I, I the, the, the smart car, which is great if you have no friends or luggage. And I start out with that, and I remember it by I actually see in my mind the map of the United States. If you notice when I do the bit, I I go from east to west, up to the north to South Dakota, and then I go home again. That's the only way I can remember things. Is uh -huh. that I have that kind of mind that I need a you know a, so I enjoy doing that hunk. I enjoy okay. doing the 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 uh, the marriage stuff too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I enjoy the stuff that I do. I look forward to doing it because I know it's going to work. It's going to get a laugh usually. So yeah. When um, you were when you were growing up, did you have very specific uh, role models in the comedy world or uh, did, guys did you... that I enjoyed? Uh, George Carlin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He would probably sure. be my favorite. Did Bob you get to Newhart? meet him? Bob no. Newhart. No, Bob Newhart was another guy that I really liked a lot. Uh, never got to meet George Carlin. Okay. Uh, did you get to meet Bob Newhart? 
No, uh, he's still around though. But uh, yeah, yeah, maybe someday. Early, early nineties, like right now. I was uh, pretty good friends with Robin Williams, and uh, wow, uh, he was. He used to come in to catch a lot, catch Rising Star. And uh, how was he to hang out with? It was cool. He usually, uh, you know, we smoked together back in those days. You know, sure. We were smoking. We we'd go down to the basement and catch and smoke some pot. Richard Belzer was another guy that I had a lot of respect for. Yeah, um, he just passed not too long ago. I know. Yeah, yeah. He was. He could really dominate a crowd, a live audience. He was. Yeah, really good. He was special. Uh, yeah, Larry David, another guy who was. I watched you, him perform. It was pure torture. He was tortured live on stage as a comedian, which made him so funny. He's, oh, he was, I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I, are you watching Curb Your Enthusiasm or not? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Are you watching it? And this season, are you up to date? I'm not this season because it switched over. But uh, okay. I, it's amazing. I yeah, yeah. It's, it's He said it's the last season, so I'm watching it very slowly because it's the last season. But it's it's very very funny. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Did you get to spend time with him alone? Uh, on uh, we talked. We weren't really tight because he. I my main club was Catch Rising Star. That's where I worked out mostly. Larry's was the improv. I mean, I would go to the improv. I did sets there occasionally, um, but uh, you pick your your club that you go to. But I talked to Larry a few times. He's a great guy, you know, very friendly, and uh, I guess we you... were buddies. But we we talked. Sure. Sure, but you saw him on stage, and you said he was tortured. I mean, the story is conflicted. That... He was he was so uncomfortable up there, but he was funny, and people would laugh, and you know, right. Just... I mean, the that I mean, the the legend is that sometimes he would just he would just walk away if he didn't oh, like yeah. the crowd, right? Yeah, he would he would just just walk off. You know, he didn't care too much. But back yeah. in those days, there was a lot of crazy people out there doing weird things. So. uh yeah. So when you when you had fun in those days, did you do it socially or did you do it more alone? Were you kind of, you know, did you hang out with your comedian friends and, you know, then? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was comedy. Was it was mostly hanging out afterwards with, you know, your friends yeah. and other comics come home at two in the morning. You know, the show was over at midnight or 11. You go out later and, you know, hang yeah. around. Yeah. And do you remember, not, you know. Do you remember feeling, uh, was there a feeling of camaraderie or was it a feeling a little bit of jealousy? No, the guys I hung with, we weren't jealous of one another. Uh, you know, we were um, pretty much in the same level as, as far as success goes, you know, and we didn't, like, I didn't, I knew Jerry and we talked a few times, Jerry Seinfeld and, and Paul Reiser and those guys who really hit it big, but I didn't hang with that group. You know, I didn't have right. that drive or that ambition. I was right. just, you know, you just you were happy to do your thing, which is I mean you're so good at it, Mike. It really is. Uh, I, I I mean I I'll probably see you again and again and again because you do catch a rising star a lot. Yeah, wow. I hadn't done it for so long, and uh, I just decided to give him a call, and uh, I told him I used to headline there all the time, and I said I just I don't want to close the shows anymore. You know, I don't want to deal with check spots and doing just put I didn't need the money that much, you know. It, so I said, just put me in the middle. Let me do 30, 35 instead of 45 and 50. And uh, that's that's what I did there. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're, well, you're when comfortable. You mean, when you mean you didn't need the money, you meant because you didn't have college to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like a lot of those comedians right. have like younger kids and college to pay for college. And a mortgage and a car payment. I didn't have any of that stuff. So Right. And Karen is so rich, so she's just supporting you, which is nice. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, you're 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 a comfortable middle, like I suppose. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll close when I have to. You know. Yeah. I know yeah. it sounds weird to say that. Most comics are striving to close. I've been there. I've done that. I'm, you know, I don't care about that anymore. I want to get on radio. I had was in radio for years. I, yeah. So really, there's nothing that I really aspire to. I, I I don't want to go out on the West Coast and get involved in a sitcom now. There's nothing. Right. I just want to do this a couple right. times a month. And, uh, right. That's all. It's a good. Yeah. By the way, when you did radio, what did did you talk about? Uh, did you actually talk and have a talk show or? No, it was a music format, but I would do uh, jokes, you know, uh, in between records and. Okay. Making, you know, uh, yeah. For, I'd give you like, uh, you probably don't remember, Randy Van Warmer, comic, uh, a comic, singer back in the 80s. And he had a song, uh, Just When I Needed You Most. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say, Just When I Needed You Moist. You know, uh, <laughs> or, that's uh, uh yeah, I, I, I know that I know that song. I know that song. Right, it's like a, peaches and like herb. A, uh, reunited. Siamese twins hate this song. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was kind of right. That's what I would do. That was kind that's of joke. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was uh, and you did that like uh, AM radio. It was at AM yeah, radio. Nine fifty WPEN in Philly. I've worked other stations in Newburgh and yeah, uh, all over the place, but. Uh, that was yeah. One. No, that's so cool. So basically, you can't. There's nothing for you to tell me that's uh, wise and sagacious that will make me uh, uh, a, a smarter person. Oh, you seem pretty smart to me. Don't I'm confuse smart. smart with funny. Wow. Uh, so you're some saying of the I'm funniest smart, people I know are dumb as a rock. <laughs> so uh, right, nice, nice. They don't go hand in hand necessarily. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. No, but you're 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 in a good place, and you just like what you're doing, and you like your family. I'm imagining. Yeah, and wait, you you've also mentored comedians, so like you've had two comedians who have asked you to mentor them. It's true. Yeah, I don't want to say, you know, whisper. Uh, and also, <laughs> you know, okay, no, but he's had when I say mentor, you know, they they, they throw jokes at him, they talk on the phone with him, they say, hey, is this funny? Do you think this is funny? Yeah. And then he preps it up a bit. Mike will prep it up a bit. Oh, if somebody asks me, yeah, that happens on the phone call, but I don't give out advice. I found unasked for advice is seldom heated. So yeah. I don't I don't offer, hey, you know, you should do this. But if they ask me, what do like, you think of this? I'll give them an honest he's answer. Had, yeah, he's had a couple of comedians but, call him on the phone and say, hey, sure. what does this sound? And Mike will say, here, twinge it with this, well, do uh, that, twinge right, it with that. Yeah. Well, kind of like my burial plot joke, right? Like I, yeah. I, I, oh. I give, yeah, I we give you run my. Away with that, we could we could have an hour to run away with that. that well, good because I, I'm gonna get up next week probably and try to do a few minutes on that. And uh, if it bombs, I'm gonna blame you guys. By all means, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's that whole premise. Is You'll learn if you do stand up. Never take responsibility for anything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, to get really good at it, you have to spend so many hours doing it and going on at midnight and, and bombing. And I don't know. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. But I'll, you know, well, not everybody, you know, I mean, I started, started stand up. I was 29 when I first started doing, I couldn't have done it because you know, I was in the military. I couldn't have done it in my 40s. I yeah. started out or 50s, I don't think. So, yeah. I know. I mean, at this point, I think my life is done. I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh, gee, don't say that. I, I'm just gonna say, finish the interview. 
<laughs> no, I'll finish the no, I'll finish the interview and I'll process it. And uh, but this is the last interview I'll ever do. And uh, I'm just gonna tear out the window for the rest of my life. No, I you live I really, on the first floor. I, I am on the first floor. So uh, jumping out the window will accomplish nothing. Uh, thanks for telling me. See, I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope to see you guys again. And thank you for sharing all this information with me because uh, I think it's really fascinating. And uh, I'll tell people to go to your website, which is MikeEganComedy.com. Right. Right. Yes. And I'm on uh, it too. And, and Karen, Karen, you're on the website as well. I'm on the website as well when it's where it says Mike and Karen. Karen, uh, do you guys um, do you guys still kiss and hold hands and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, don't you see the swing? Oh, you can't see, but there's a swing in the bedroom, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was for the turtle. Yeah, well, no, it's it's for us. It fits me, but oh yeah, we we kiss and hold hands, but we don't do PDA at comedy clubs. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't Ooh. imagine Mike swinging on anything, really. No, I do. She does the swinging. I, I just, do the swinging. I say it. Yeah. Well, but, uh, uh, well I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys still like each other after 16 years. Uh, yeah, well, after a while, you know, a, a real friendship forms. If you, if it's to last a long time. And, uh, you yeah. know, we're yeah. friends as much as we are anything else. We can, we can tolerate one another. And that's saying oh, yeah. something. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld once said that people need to get comfortable in their torture. So you have a, you know, <laughs> that, yes. that, that's a good, that's a good life. Um, well, okay. listen, I, I don't want to keep you forever, but I really appreciate talking to you. It was so much fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. Oh, sure, absolutely. And no, um, no Karen, uh, was it okay? Do you think it was okay? Yeah, it was fine. He did. Uh, I mean, you did great. He did great. You know, Mikey did great. You know. I mean, I still, I still don't, I still don't know if I got to the real inside of what makes Mike tick, but I got, I got, I got to the surface. Well, what what I shoot for, hopefully, is to be clever on stage and to set myself apart by using the English language uh, and double entendres. I mainly, I want the audience to have to work a little bit to to meet me halfway. Think. You know, that's yeah, that's my goal. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that I don't like because I don't like to think, but you make me laugh anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for doing this. I'm gonna, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna stop it right here and um, stay with me for one more second after I close. Sure. I want to ask you something, okay? okay sure. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs>